Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Cover Zero Podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells, and well, Wild Card Weekend is done, and if I'm being honest, that was some of, I mean, in recent memory, that's the best Wild Card Weekend I can remember. A lot of good games, a lot of close games, I mean, one game was historic in one aspect, and we will get to that one, because god am I going to have a fun time talking about that game. Uh, but yeah, for this episode, uh, just me, again, the weird work schedule, had to do it myself this week, fine by me, I like doing it by myself, as always, you know, just me, un- unfiltered, don't have to listen to anyone else, plus my Wi-Fi honestly sucks. We'll talk about that, I don't even know what is wrong with my Wi-Fi, if you've known me, and if you've, I mean, my Wi-Fi, I've just had tremendously bad Wi-Fi issues for like, almost a decade now doesn't matter what I do just cursed but that's beside the point um yeah so this week we're gonna recap the wild card games go into a bit of a divisional preview also but before I do that uh let's start with some notes around the league um talk about the teams that aren't remaining still and things that just kind of happened so uh, Sean McVay. Sean McVay will remain the Rams head coach going into next year. That's obviously huge. That means that they can kind of run it back, see what happens. Still doesn't look great for the Rams, especially because Aaron Donald hinted at retirement uh, on his official Twitter. He said former NFL player. Uh, that got quickly changed. So he talked about retirement last season. I don't know why he wouldn't still be thinking about retirement now uh if Aaron Donald does retire though he absolutely changed the defensive tackle position or at least I should say the interior defensive line position if you look around the league right now like there I would say interior defensive linemen that is the deepest position in the league right now like top of my head you got Christian Wilkins Dexter Lawrence Quinnen Williams Ed Oliver uh DeForest Buckner Chris Jones, Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah, I could keep going. There's a Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, who's not there yet, but still. Jalen Carter, a guy coming into the league. It's just the defensive tackle position is just absolutely stacked. And that is thanks to Aaron Donald really changing on how that position is used, in my opinion. Um, Other notes, though. Monty Austin Fort is the new Cards GM. If you've never heard that name before, like me. Uh, He worked with the Titans. He was their player personnel director i should probably know that vp is something either way he was in the titans organization he is now the cardinals gm uh he was quoted saying ego will not be tolerated in this organization kind of a direct shot at kyler i think this is good i think kyler doesn't need to be put in his place but you know just needs to have his ego checked like really just have his ego checked um So yeah, I think that's looking like a good hire, wishing him the best. They still have to find their head coach. Um, Maybe Sean Payton, because I don't think Sean Payton's going to one place where he probably should be, and I know he wants to be, but um, 
Uh, next note up I have here, uh, Jim Schwartz will be the new Browns defensive coordinator. Uh, if you don't know the name Jim Schwartz, he's been in the NFL for a long, long time. Uh, he was a Lions head coach for a bit, moved on, or got fired anyways. Uh, went on to be the Bills defensive coordinator. Then he was the uh, Eagles defensive coordinator from 2016 to 2020. So he was the defensive coordinator for that Super Bowl run. Uh, really well respected around the league. I think that's a good hire. Like that Browns defense does have a ton of talent. I think Jim Schwartz is good enough to put it all in the place. Uh, so yeah, that should be good. And the last note I have up here is Chris Greer said, Tua is not more concussion prone than any other human being. So yeah, that's just kind of where we're at with the Tua concussion stuff is uh, the GM having to tell people that, yeah, Tua can get concussions more or less than almost any other thing. Concussions are such a weird thing. I've had multiple before. I honestly don't know how many I've had. I think I've had three diagnosed. I know I've definitely had more. But honestly, it affects everyone differently. I'm wishing the best for Tua. He is our QB going forward, and I'll get into the Dolphins in a bit. Actually, let's just get into the recap now. So yeah, let's get into the wild card, ooh, wild card recap with just me, myself, and I. Okay, starting with the first game of the wild card weekend, uh, Seattle twenty three, San Francisco forty one. Um, it was looking not shaky. It looked like the Niners were always kind of in control, but. The Seahawks had the lead going in the half. It was 17-16. Brock Purdy looked a little shaky. They came out second half. Like, absolutely. They outscored Seattle 25-6. Uh, this Niners team is dominant. I think they're the best team. I think they're the team to beat in the NFC, especially if Brock Purdy plays like that in the second half. Like, Absolutely incredible. Brock Purdy has now tied the amount of total playoff touchdowns that Jimmy G has at four. That's in one game. Brock Purdy had 332 yards in this game. Jimmy G usually averages 160 per game. It looks like the Niners have an upgraded quarterback. It It is Brock Purdy's job now. It's great. I mean, so much talent around him. It's hard not to fail. The Shanahan system is fantastic I don't know you can't say a lot of bad things about this Niners team right now Brock Purdy is really the question mark and he hasn't had a bad game yet he hasn't lost a game yet so I'm excited for the Niners uh we'll get into the divisional preview them against the Cowboys that should be a fun game but yeah the Niners not much to say I just try and stop them Try and stop the amount of weapons that they have on this team. And Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Eric Armstead, Talon. Oh, I'm going to mess up this name. But uh, Hafanga, the safety, the rookie who was an All-Pro this year. Who I don't think I really talked about him much. Maybe when Cameron was just on. But like he's been great this year. The kind of Troy Polamalu light in just the fact that he's Polynesian with long hair, plays safety. But... Uh, yeah, great for the Niners. I'm excited to see where this team goes. Uh, the Seahawks, though. Again, I've said it the last couple episodes. I was so wrong about Seattle. Like, this is a team that I thought, yeah, going to be picking top five. Geno Smith, like, come on. Like, what are we doing here? Um, Geno Smith is going to be the Seahawks 
QB going forward. They're going to give him an extension. Um, DK Metcalf had an absolute hell of a game. He's talented. Tyler Lockett's one of the most underrated players in the league. Does not get appreciated enough. Uh, they killed it on the draft. Like Charles Cross, Abe Lucas, Kobe Bryant, Tariq Woolen. They're all looking great. Kenneth Walker. I can't believe I glanced over him in that rookie class. But he's also look like... Yeah, the... Seahawks are killing it, and now they're set up amazingly with this Russell Wilson trade, and they're picking at five now. So they have a lot of options at five. I don't know. Do they trade back? Uh, Do they get their quarterback of the future? CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis. We'll see. Anthony Richardson. Uh, They need help on the defensive line still. Maybe Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech, Miles Murphy from Clemson. I did promise it would get into more draft stuff. I think I'm going to wait for that in the playoff or after the playoffs, after Super Bowl, to truly get into draft season because there is still a lot to talk about just NFL playoff wise. But uh, yeah, the Seahawks have options. Um, Let's see what they can do. I mean, I don't think Geno Smith is anything spectacular. I think he had a great season. He obviously had a great season, but I think he might come down to earth a little bit next year. Like, he is still just like an average quarterback, but the Seahawks can set him up to succeed. Um, One last note for the Seahawks. Next season, they will get Jamal Adams back. Um, Take that for how you will. I still like Jamal Adams a lot. I think they used him in his right role there, where it's just kind of a blitzer. He was getting a lot of sacks. I mean, he was dubbed sack boy for a reason. But now that they have Tariq Woolen on the outside, who can actually be a lockdown corner, I think that frees up Jamal Adams a ton now. So, yeah, I'm excited for the Seahawks. I do think Geno Smith being their quarterback will hold them back to some extent next season. But... It's a team that's looking up, and that Russell Wilson trade is looking better and better every single day. Okay, uh, next game up, we have one of the... It was the third biggest comeback in NFL history. Uh, 27-point lead, absolutely blown by the Chargers. What else can you expect, expect from a just honestly inept franchise, but... We'll talk about the Jags first. Chargers 30, Jags 31. I absolutely love it. This game was hilarious. Even when they were up 27-0, I was texting Cam and Keeg being like, it doesn't feel like this lead is safe. I wish I would have bet it. I was too tired to bet it. I was coming off, I mean, working 29 hours in two days, but... Here we are. Uh, Trevor Lawrence throwing four interceptions does not matter at all. Uh, Lawrence in his first seven drives was five for 18 for 35 yards and four interceptions. Does not matter whatsoever. Uh, His last five drives, 23 for 29 for 235 yards and four touchdowns. Um, I said it already, the third biggest playoff or comeback Third biggest comeback in playoff history. There we go. Uh, And, of course, it has to happen to the Chargers. Like, it's so funny. Um, Yeah, the Jags, though. Like, Doug Peterson deserves a ton of credit. Uh, 
staying calm, keeping the team behind. Like, I don't know. It's just incredible when something like this happens because stuff like this shouldn't happen at the NFL level, especially in the playoffs. But what a job by the Jags, especially. I mean, this is a Jags team that no one thought was going to be here. Like, and this isn't like the 2017 Jags where this they got hot the defense and the next year it'll come crumbling down no this is a Jags team that is building somewhere and they have a tough test against the Chiefs next week think that'll probably be the end of the end of the road we'll get to that in the divisional preview though but this is a Jags team that was building and this offseason they got clowned a lot they gave Christian Kirk the big contract they gave Zay Jones a contract they gave Evan Ingram a contract and people were like What are they doing? What are they doing here? And all of those moves absolutely worked out. Um, I'm excited for the Jags. This is is a Jags team that is building. I'm excited for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has never lost in a Saturday in his entire life. So nothing was going to change against the Chargers this week. Trevor Lawrence honestly just spotted the Chargers 27 points because he knew that he was going to come back. He doesn't lose on Saturdays. Come on now. Uh, last note for the Jags, though, uh, doesn't have anything to do with this playoff game, but uh, C- Canadian of the Year in the CFL, Nathan Rourke, has decided to sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He will be uh, competing for a backup spot this offseason. Uh, now, a lot of you probably don't know Nathan Rourke. Actually, a lot of you probably do. Most of my fan base i'll put that in air quotes is canadian so but if you don't nathan rourke uh played for the bc lions in the cfl uh one of the best players one of the best quarterbacks in the cfl he's only 24 that's younger than will levis and hendon hooker and obviously stetson bennett quarterbacks in this class stetson bennett way way behind those guys obviously but nathan rourke 24 uh Young quarterback, lots of talent. So people are wondering, why, why why is he going to Jacksonville? He had 12 teams that were interested in him. Um, I think this move makes a lot of sense. They have the QB1 solidified completely. Um, Doug Peterson is a hell of a coach, a hell of a quarterback's coach. Learn behind him, learn behind Lawrence. Maybe develop into something, maybe get a starting role somewhere. But take the safe job, take the safe money. He's going to be getting paid more as a backup than he would as a starter in the CFL. So congrats to Nathan Rourke. Uh, Love seeing people make the CFL to NFL jump. So good for him. Uh, Now let's move on to the Chargers. Come on. Like you get spotted 27 points and you lose this game. Oh, like absolutely shameful. We can expect nothing else from the Chargers, though. This is what they do. They lose historically in ways that other NFL teams don't. It's great. And I mean, Justin Herbert, it's not like people, I mean, they laud him as the next elite quarterback, top five quarterback in this league, top three quarterback, some even said, but three points in the second half come on like and i'm not gonna blame justin herbert i think there's a lot of other things around him that need to be fixed uh one of those things is coaching and if you saw the news today uh joe lombardi and shane day both fired if you don't know who those people are joe lombardi the offensive coordinator and shane day the passing game coordinator for the chargers both gone but no brandon staley firing 
So it looks like Brandon Staley is keeping his job. This should make every Chargers fan so upset. Because part of the reason why the Chargers lost this game was because of that Week 18 game and Brandon Staley playing all of his starters. Because who was out in this game? Mike Williams, their best wide receiver on this team. Didn't play because he played in a meaningless Week 18 game and he fractured his back. Bonehead move, that should be a fireable offense in my opinion. And the other reason why you fire Brandon Staley is because Sean Payton openly admitted on national television he wanted to be the Chargers head coach. He wore his nice Chargers powder blue tie. This is a job he wants and the Chargers aren't going to give it to him. Looks like they're going to waste Justin Herbert's rookie contract. Um, the Chargers are going to charge her. I don't know what else you can say. Uh, Brandon Staley, too. I mean, this seemed like a move he would have done in the previous two seasons, but fourth and two in Jags territory. Really, really, if they get a first down, this more than likely seals the game, and they decide to kick a field goal and miss kick and... That's the game, basically. Ah, the Chargers. I'm just... Tommy talked so much shit for this to be the way their season ended. Like, brutal, brutal, brutal. I do feel bad a little bit. Actually, no, I don't. Tommy deserves a lot of this. Brandon Staley is his guy. We cannot forget that. Chargers get to run it back next season. Nothing's going to change, because... Chargers are going to charge her. Simple as that. Moving on to the Sunday slate of games. Uh, Miami 31, Buffalo 34. We'll talk about Miami in a bit. Uh, This perfectly encapsulates Buffalo Bills football, where they still scored 34 points. They did it with turnovers and brain-dead plays and fumbles and... Doesn't matter because they're still going to outscore. They put 34 points on us and they had three turnovers. Like the Bills, the Bills played well. They played well enough to win. Uh, this just can't happen against better teams than the Dolphins. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, I know I don't post there very often. Twitter is just weird. I don't really like Twitter very much. There's a lot of. I won't get into it, but uh, if you looked at my last power rankings, uh, my Week 18 power rankings, I had the Dolphins as the 19th best team in football, I'm pretty sure. The Bills were number one, so the fact this was even a close game can't happen. Can't happen, Buffalo. Can't happen, especially against the Bengals next week. We'll talk about that game more in a bit, but... Like Yeah, like the score might have been close, but the Bills did dominate this game. They had nine more first downs, almost 200 more total yards. Um, the two interceptions by Josh Allen, they weren't really his fault. Uh, John Brown just ran the wrong route. And then uh, I think the second one, it literally hit Cole Beasley off the chest and Cole Beasley didn't come back to the ball and got deflected interception. But uh, yeah, it's really as simple as this, Bills. You just can't play like that again against a good team. I know I've said that a couple times now, but... Simple as that. I still like the Bills moving forward a lot. I think they're really talented. It's just, this is Bills football. You play crazy games. You mostly win these crazy games. So, uh, but yeah, let's talk about my Dolphins. So, 
Yeah, I was expecting a blowout. Uh, I'm in a playoff pool. I picked the Bills by 16. So the fact that we had a chance to win or tie the game in the fourth quarter, like driving down the field, fine by me. I am happy. I am happy with that performance. Um, Our front four is absolutely incredible. I know that I have been saying this for weeks now. I'm going to keep saying their names too. Christian Wilkins, Jalen Phillips, Zach Seiler, Bradley Chubb. Like, I am very happy with that front four going into next season. Christian Wilkins does need to get extended. I am sure that Chris Greer will get that done very shortly. He is the priority this offseason. Nothing else matters to me other than Christian Wilkins. But yeah, so that front four, uh, this game, they had 24 pressures on Josh Allen. I think if you include Melvin Ingram in that stat too, that number jumps up to 29. So yeah, just our starting front four generated 24 total pressures on Josh Allen. Like, And yeah, we left cover zero, which clearly doesn't work because we don't have the secondary to keep up with anyone right now. And oh my God, we have a defense that plays well against the Bills. Like this is what I've been saying for weeks now. Just let the front four rush. They'll get there. They're so good. They'll get their pressures. They'll get the QB set sacks. And yeah, drop the drop the six or no, drop drop the seven back in the coverage and just let them cover. But I, I'm not the defensive coordinator. What do I know? Josh Boyer, you might have a job. You do develop cornerbacks very well. Cater Kohu was a bright spot for the defense uh, this season, but. Let's talk about the offense. Let's talk about what really killed us, and it was the penalties. So many false start penalties, so many offside penalties. That's, I mean, happens every week, but oh my God, the delay of game penalties absolutely killed us, especially fourth and one. What do we do? Delay of game, five yards back, make it fourth and six, and then you could argue pass interference on the last pass. I don't really care, but... That can't happen. I don't know. I think that Mike McDaniel said that he thought it was a first down on that uh, third down run. And that's why the play call was late getting in. Either way, not an excuse. Can't happen. Uh, And it really cost the Dolphins a chance to upset the Bills. Um, What... Uh, the other thing that really killed us were the drops in the first half by Tyreek and Waddle, especially Waddle. Waddle had a touchdown and drop. That is one thing I'm going to say about Waddle is he's not a natural wide receiver. And what I mean by that is he catches with his body. He jumps up for the ball when he doesn't need to instead of just going up with his hands and grabbing it. He will jump to make sure he can cradle the ball with his body it's an issue. It does need to get fixed. He's still obviously a phenomenal player. Uh, Skylar Thompson also played well enough. Like, the stat line didn't look great, but he had a couple throws. And I mean, if a couple of those throws were caught by the wide receivers, we win the game, which is crazy to say, but we played good enough. I am happy with Tua in this game. We win this by a lot. So... I said what I said there. Um, but yeah, moving forward, Dolphins offseason, I said it. Christian Wilkins is the main priority. Uh, 
Mike Gusecki is going to be moved on from. I'm interested to see where he goes. He is an asset to some team, just not the Miami Dolphins, because that man cannot block anyone. Um, And yeah, Tua is QB1. I don't think they've already said Tua's QB1. Doesn't matter what's going to happen. I think the only upgrade that's possible would be a Lamar Jackson. We don't have the assets anyways, plus he's injured. So it's the exact same thing. And no other quarterback that's going to be available is in an immediate upgrade, if we're really being honest. So uh, yeah, Dolphins plan, run, and, run it back, get healthy. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do with the corners. Xavier Howard's obviously going to be here. Byron Jones, I think he might be a cap casualty in some aspect, but we got building blocks on this defense. We got the entire defensive line. All of them are building blocks moving forward. I think Jalen Phillips is also phenomenal. If he keeps building, yeah, I think potential defensive player of the year candidate going into next year. Javon Holland, very, very, very good. Brandon Jones, his counterpart, he's also very good. We missed him a ton this season. So, yeah, health was the issue this year. Um, Yeah, we'll see. We don't have a running back going into the or going on our roster next year. Mostert a free agent, Jeff Wilson a free agent, Miles Gaskin a free agent, Salvin Ahmed a free agent. So let's see where we go at running back. Do we draft someone? I don't know. Lots of things happen with the Dolphins. If you would have told me at the start of the year that we made the playoffs and lost to the Bills in a three-point game, I'd be happy. Not exactly the way I thought the season was going to pan out overall, but making the playoffs can't be much more happier than that I just want to see my QB1 start in the playoffs because the last two playoff games I've had to watch it was Matt Moore and Skylar Thompson so next year Tua Tagovailoa leading the Dolphins into the playoffs please let it happen moving on to the next game uh I mean honestly you anyone should have saw this game coming Giants 31 Vikings 24 the Vikings just aren't good We'll get to the Vikings. You got to give the Giants their flowers, though. Uh, Daniel Jones might have been the best QB of the weekend. Weird to say, but he he, he looked great. <laughs> like, throwing to no one. Isaiah Hodgins had over 100 yards receiving, and I know a lot of you have never heard Isaiah Hodgins' name up until this game. Uh he looked great. Saquon looked great. The offensive line looked great. Uh, the defense looked great. Honestly, everything just looked... The Giants just looked better than the Vikings in every aspect, even though the Vikings are the much, 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 much more talented team. Uh, yeah, this defensive line, again, like I talk about the Dolphins' defensive line, it's, it's not as good, but Dexter Lawrence, absolutely the best nose tackle in the NFL. Uh, I love Kayvon Thibodeau. He's going to be a force. Leonard Williams is there. He's great. But yeah, they they did great. The only thing that they didn't do great was cover TJ Hawkinson well because he absolutely went off for the Vikings. But yeah, and if Brian Dable, he, who he should be the coach of the year anyways, uh, I know playoff games don't count towards that, but like this game would just seal that up. Again, I talked about it before, but the Giants... No one thought they were going to be good. Absolutely no one. I would love for anyone to find me, someone on Twitter or YouTube or TikTok, 
to find me a clip of someone that's saying that the Giants are going to have a positive season. Not even make the playoffs, just the Giants are going to have more than seven wins this season. I didn't think it was possible. Good for them. Um, They got a tough matchup next week, though, obviously. That'll be a lot of fun divisional matchup. We will get to that. I keep teasing the divisional preview here, but let's talk about the Vikings first. We all knew this. We all knew that this was the real Vikings team. The Vikings team that has now finished on their season with a negative point differential, even though they have 13 wins on the season. Uh, Yeah, just as what it is. If you look at Kirk Cousins' box score line, you would have thought he had a great game. And no, he just played like perfectly Kirk Cousins because that's what he does. Uh, They had a chance to win... Or, yeah, no, to extend the game, drive. I think it was fourth and eight, and Kirk Cousins just threw it short of the sticks. And there there goes the season. Like, I don't know if Kirk Cousins didn't know what down it was, but not even giving your guys a chance to to get the first down, it just sucks. Um, What else can we say about the Vikings? This defense is absolutely horrendous, and... I don't think it's because of the personnel. Like, if you look at this Vikings team, at linebacker Eric Kendricks, Jordan Hicks, uh, Neil Hunter at edge, Zedarius Smith at the other edge. I know they have someone on that interior defensive line whose name is escaping me, but I think he's good, this random player that I'm thinking of. But they got someone there. Trust me on that. Uh, Harrison Smith is still the safety. I know he's older. Patrick Peterson. They've drafted guys in this secondary too. Like, it should be better. I think their defensive coordinator is Ed Donatel. I don't know if he's going to get fired. But, like, that team has players. You can't be that bad when you have talented players on your team. I know being a defensive coordinator is hard, but... Those are talented people. I don't know if they're going to make a change in the offseason. They'll probably just run it back. I think this Vikings team is due for major regression if things don't get fixed on the defensive front. Their offensive line also stinks. Um, that's got to get sorted. Of, Christian Darrisaw is good at left tackle, but other than that, they don't really have a lot of pieces. They actually do. Their offensive line's decent. They're just It's like the Dolphins where they have their couple surefire starters and then the other people there are just guys who shouldn't play in the NFL if we're really being honest so uh yeah I mean perfect way to end that Viking season like a wild card loss to the Giants congrats Vikings you made the playoffs you had proved everyone wrong and look at what you do oh the NFC North is a funny division And moving on to the Sunday night game, we have Baltimore 17, Cincinnati 24. Um, A Bengals, man. Can we just have one playoff win where you make it look easy? Like, is that too hard to ask? Like, again, winning football, that's all that matters. That's all that matters, especially in the playoffs. I mean, really, especially in the playoffs, winning is all that matters, but... You look at that Raiders game from last year, like that was a bad Raiders team. They barely won that game. Ryan Tannehill with his three interceptions threw away the game against the Titans. Uh, 
they come back against the Chiefs. Like, that was a sloppy win. A lot of people would blame the Chiefs for losing that game. Who's to say? Whatever. And then this game. Like, Sam Sam Hubbard, 98-yard fumble recovery touchdown was a 14-point swing. The Ravens had it on the one-yard line. Tyler Huntley... I don't even know what the fuck he was doing. He just jumped straight into the air and extended the football, and he wasn't even close. So that was bad. Uh, Yeah, I just... Yeah, like, this is a good Bengals team. I'm not going to shit on the Bengals. Like, they played in this... We'll talk about the Ravens in a bit, but, like, one of my notes for the Ravens is this Ravens defense is a Super Bowl-caliber defense, so... It's probably going to be the best defense they'll face in the AFC for now. Um, But, yeah, I just have a regular game, Bengals. Like, come on. Uh, They'll play the Bills next week. I think that's going to be the most exciting game. But, yeah, wait for the divisional preview for that one. Uh, But, yeah, I guess we can move on to the Ravens. Because, honestly, the Bengals, it's all I just want is a regular game from you guys. So, the Ravens, I mean, I just mentioned it. This Ravens defense was probably the best defense in the AFC playoffs. They're fucking good. It's as simple as that. They had players on every level of that defense. Roquan Smith really getting there was the game changer, and they paid him rightfully so. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, this just wasn't good to be the Ravens game, especially with Tyler Huntley. They made it close, was closer than it should have been. Uh, And J.K. Dobbins, I guess we can really say he was the story of this game and not because of what he did on the field, although he did play really well on the field, but it was his quotes after the game where he was upset. He was mad. He wanted more touches. He thought that he could do more. Uh, He didn't get a single carry inside the 10-yard line uh, in Bengals territory there. Uh... He said if Lamar was playing, they win that game. Uh, And he's not wrong with the Lamar thing. I think Lamar sitting out is completely fine by me. Lamar wants to be paid. He wants to be paid rightfully so. Uh, RG3 said it best on Twitter. He went through the same thing. He People say, I'll just put a brace on it and play. And Lamar could have done that. He could have been fine. Uh, could have won that game. I think Lamar at 80%, they win that game easily. But if Lamar were to get hurt, if he were to hurt that knee even more, that, that might be it for him. Like, RG3 was truly never the same again. Lamar, who relies on his body to be such a dynamic threat in the backfield as a runner and a passer... It's kind of his calling card. If he loses that, then he's out of the league in a couple years. So I think it's smart for Lamar to stay, get paid. Uh, I think J.K. Dobbins was coming it from a point where he was a little upset that Lamar wasn't playing. Because, like, again, as a teammate, as a competitive guy, you want to win those games. You want your guys in to win. But Lamar has to protect himself and, and his money first. But... Uh, let's move on to, I guess, I think Lamar isn't going to be a Raven anymore. I think that bridge has been burned. They're not going to pay him. Um, 
what he wants anyways. I have no idea how much he wants. I just think he wants a shit ton of guaranteed money. He wants that Deshaun Watson contract. I don't think anyone is going to get that. I think the Browns making, especially fucking with all the allegations and fuck Deshaun Watson, but it really just messed up the quarterback market. Um, I don't know if the Ravens are going to be willing to pay him. They should be willing to keep him around no matter what because he is that special. Uh, But every quarterback needy team is going to want him. I mean, fuck off the top of my head. Atlanta, Carolina, Commanders, the Saints. I mean, the Bucks don't have a quarterback anymore. I don't know. The list goes on and on. It's a long list, but... They'll be able to get value for him if they do move on. I don't think it's the right move, but that's going to be the whole story for their offseason. They're probably going to franchise tag him, and maybe it'll be a tag and trade, but I think the Ravens could have done something this playoffs if Lamar was healthy. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, but maybe you run it back next year, Ravens, or maybe this is it. I guess we'll see in 2023. And moving on to the last wild card game, Dallas 31, Tampa Bay 14. The Cowboys have finally woken up again after, I mean, it seems like they were sleepwalking these past three weeks. Uh, absolutely just killed the Buccaneers. This game wasn't close at all. Um, the Cowboys are just the much better team, the much better roster. The Bucs weren't good all season. I think it was in the back of my head. I mean, Tom Brady has given me so much PTSD over all these years where it's always, ah, Tom Brady in the playoffs. You can't count him out. We all should have counted him out. The the Bucs defense played great. Micah Parsons wreaked havoc. I mean, the defensive line just completely wreaked havoc, even though the Bucs offensive line was the healthiest it's been all year with Ryan Jensen and Wirfs both playing. Uh, Did not matter, though. Uh... Dak had an absolutely incredible game. Five total touchdowns, one on the ground, four through the air. Uh, This is just kind of what Dak Prescott does. He has these really, really good games. And I mean, the offense around him is great. I'm not going to discredit Dak with that. He did have a great game. Uh, But let's see what he can do next week against a team that's actually competent in most aspects. Because the Buccaneers just flat out weren't. They just had the best roster and the best quarterback in the NFC South, and that's the whole reason why they won that division, because no other team had a quarterback to play with. Um, Yeah, last note for the Cowboys, though. Uh, Brett Maher, holy shit, that was a stinker of a performance. We were all really watching that game live and seeing a kicker get the yips in real time. Ah. He missed four extra points, four straight extra points. Uh, The percentage of that happening is a 0.0008% chance of missing four extra point kicks in a row. Um, So absolutely nuts. But yeah, I'm excited for... I think this was just kind of what people expected. People knew the Cowboys team was better and they would beat the Buccaneers and they would be playing the Niners next week. But let's talk about the Buccaneers. Um... They are so immensely fucked going into next year. Tom Brady is a free agent. Tom Brady is leaving there uh, 100%. Tom Brady will not be a Buccaneer next season. But he's also leaving them with a $35 million dead cap hit because he had a year, he had a voidable year for next year, which to me this means 
basically was a player option for Tom Brady where he could have taken that money and played for the Bucks next season. Uh, but player options aren't a thing in the NFL, so it's just a voidable year, and Tom Brady's just like, yeah, I don't want to play that year. So they can't tag him. Um, he's a free agent. Where he goes, we'll talk about that in a little bit. I want to talk about some more Buccaneers stuff first. Uh, rumors of Byron Leftwich being fired, their offensive coordinator. Uh, it was reported in the morning that it was, and then a few hours later, that wasn't true. So either way, lots of rumors swirling there right now. Uh, does Todd Bowles, I don't know if they clean house completely. Uh, a, a lot of things have to happen for the Buccaneers. They have a lot of talent. Uh, Levante David's also a free agent, and he's been with them their whole career. I'm sure he wants to finish there. We'll see if they can bring him back, but they might have to move some contracts in the offseason. They're minus $45 million in cap. Um, I'm just going to say it now. This is a very early hot take for the next season because we still have a whole offseason to get to. I think the Bucks are going to be a bottom five team in the NFC next year. Now... They do play in a very bad division, but I don't know who's going to want to go there. I don't know who's going to want to coach there. If Todd Bowles is the coach, Todd Bowles is not a good head coach. I just don't see a lot of good from the Buccaneers. They got, I don't know, they got Tristan Wirfs. They got Mike Evans. Chris Godwin's still good, but like, not really a lot. The defense is honestly not very good. They got it again, and they don't have cap, so some of these guys are going to be cap casualties or traded or who knows. But yeah, that's my hot take going into the next year. The Bucks are going to be picking top five. Okay, let's get into this divisional preview now. Uh, we'll start with the first game they have listed here. Uh, Jags Chiefs. I think this is going to be a... Easy win for the Chiefs. I think the Jags are riding high, but the Chiefs are just the much better team, the much better offense, the much better defense. They've been there before. They're at home. Uh, the line is minus eight and a half Chiefs. I think they'll probably win by 12. They'll win by double digits, in my opinion. I just think that this Chiefs team is just much, much better. It's a great season for the Jags. It was a great storyline that they made it here, but this is a Chiefs team that is built for a Super Bowl run. They're not going to get stopped by the Jags. Let's just make that clear. Um, the night game on Saturday, we have the Giants and the Eagles. The Eagles are favored by minus 7.5. I think this is going to be a closer game than people think. I am going to pick the Eagles, obviously, to win this game. Let's just... Come on now, the Eagles are the much better team, much better roster. Um, but this Giants team, there is something about this Giants team. They will play it close. It's a divisional game. Uh, the Eagles are still a little bit banged up. They haven't been playing great as of late compared to how they were earlier in the year. So I think this is going to be an Eagles, but probably like a three to five point win. So I think the Giants will cover this game. But yeah, that should be a good one. We'll move to the Sunday games and the 3 o'clock game, which is probably the best game of the divisional round. Bills-Bengals. The Bills are favored by minus 4.5 right now. It'll be close. 
I'm going to pick the Bills to win this game. I've been picking the Bills to win all season. I mean, fuck, I didn't even have the Bengals making the playoffs. I apologize, Bengals fans. Uh, I just thought a lot more AFC teams were going to be better, if I'm being honest. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think the Bills are going to have a game like they get, did against the Dolphins. They just can't. But they're going to score. They're going to run the ball. Uh the Bengals, I didn't really talk about this. The Bengals' offensive line is very, very, very hurt right now. Uh, Jonah Williams also dislocated his knee, so it looks like he's going to be missing this game against the Bills. So that Bills' defensive line, even without Von Miller, is still pretty good. So Joe Burrow's going to be under pressure. Should be a good game. Uh, if I have to make a lean, I'm going to pick the Bengals with the points. I think it's going to be an under a field goal game. I think it'll be close right to the end, but I have the Bills definitely winning this one. Uh, And going into the Sunday night game, we have the Niners and the Cowboys. The Niners are only favored by three and a half. Um, I think the Niners are absolutely going to kill them. Again, the Cowboys played great after looking sleepy for the last month or so, but... They didn't play a real team. The Buccaneers made it just because the rest of the NFC South also sucks. The Niners are the best team in the NFC, in my opinion. They're probably the best defense in the NFC. They got one of the best offenses in the NFC. And I just think that all comes down to Mike McCarthy being the coach and being a bozo and not trusting him at all. I think the Niners are going to win this game by more than a touchdown. Um... I think that's a very low line to begin with. It might be a trap line. I am completely on the Niners, though. This should be a fun game, but Niners by more in a touchdown. Sorry, Cowboys. The road ends here. Well, that'll do it for another episode of the Cover Zero podcast. Um, Yeah, I'm... I don't even know how to end this one, but... It was good. I'm. I'll, I'll just talk about the Dolphins more because that's. I mean, easy to talk about. They're such a lovable team. Um, yeah, I'm. I can leave that game feeling happy and being like this was a successful season from the Dolphins. Yeah, a lot of things went went wrong. The last month was absolutely awful, but in an overall sense, this was a good year for the Dolphins. I'm happy. Um, yeah, I don't think much changes for me. Uh, Playoff-wise, I went 6-for-6 six six with my picks actually in my playoff pool. So, ha- interested to see where I am in the standings. This is one where it's like uh, $100. You pick the team to win and by how much. And then lowest total wins. So, me going 6-for-6 six six is huge. And I think there's like 150 people in this. So, the prize is... Prize pool is pretty good. Uh, I'll keep you updated. I like my picks for this week. I mean, I am picking all the favorites, but that really is playoff football when you really come down to it. But uh, as always, if you've liked this, please like, retweet, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next week, peace.